Welcome to our community. This is Saratova Best. We are learning about Shabbos Nachmu, although we're in the days before Tisha B'Av, so we're still before the situation. We're already jumping to after the situation, after the Korban, because as we always say, Chassidus tells us that Tisha B'Av is a dual reality. It's the, the Korban, and a second later, or really even simultaneously, Mashiach is born, the Geula is born. So the Gullus begins and the Geula begins. Today is the your side of the Arizo. One of the strong things that uh, I heard last night, one of the powerful things, sorry I have to speak Canadian English, one of the powerful things that I heard last night was the innovation of the Arizo is the Arida Sarachalia. The descent is for the purpose of the asset. But um we realize that that's been taken even further, and surely with full agreement of the Arizo, which is that the descent is the ascent. So, and we're positive that the Arizo is fully behind the fact that we are now in that reality where we can relate to the descent is the ascent. So, when it's difficult, it's actually already good. The, the the future, the luminous future that will be, we can pull into right here, right now. So, learning about Shabbos Nachmu, when we're comforted, because we're in a time in history, we just need comfort. We don't have time to wait, let's go through Tisha B'Av, and then we'll be comforted. We need to be comforted right here, right now. Life is too crazy. So, we know that the Haftarah of the seven weeks uh, after Tisha B'Av, they go according to the time. They're, in other words, sorry, Haftairas will usually follow the Parsha. But the Haftairas after Tishabav follow the time. So that means seven weeks of Nechama. It's a conversation. Hashem says, we'll see, Nachmu, Nachmu, Ami, I, I am, be comforted. And then the Nazim come. It's a conversation week by week, back and forth. Hashem, I think the Nevi'im, Hashem says, you go comfort them. They say, the Jewish people don't want to be comforted by us. Hashem, you have to do it yourself. I will go myself. It's, it's a conversation back and forth for, for seven weeks. But if a Haftarah will follow the Parsha, and the reason that a Haftarah follows the Parsha in the time of the Romans, this is well known, the Romans did not allow us to learn from the Tyra. So we were allowed to pick a portion of Nach, that corresponded, and that was Haftarah. So the Haftarah will always have the same theme, if you want to use that word loosely, as the Parsha. There's got to be something about these Haftarahs, even in the seven weeks, that have to do that somehow are connected to the Parsha. So when it comes to Shabbos Nachmu, it starts off with these words. And again, let's absorb the energy. Nachmu, Nachmu, Ami. My nation, be comforted, be comforted. Ah, in a time of insanity in the world, which started with, seems to, it's been going on forever, but seems to have really upgraded on Shavuot, I, it's very nice to have that comfort from Hashem. And so, and we read it on the Shabbos right after Tisha B'Av. And the reason is, what are we being comforted with? I like the energy. I'm being comforted. What is the comfort about? a double comfort, we're being comforted for the first base of English and for the second. How? We get the three, the third. The third base of English is the comfort. We did a lot in the past week about 
three weeks and the energy of three, so we won't repeat it. But three is the only comfort for losing one and two. When you have the pure gift, my cousin gave me a gift of a brand new bicycle. And it was expensive. And then number one, number two, but somebody took it and rode on it and left it out in the rain and it got all rusty. Number two, I lost it. I had it. It was beautiful. Two, I lost it. Three, I get it back. Now it's all shiny and perfect and it was fixed. And now, and now that same person who took it learned to respect it. So I have it in a deeper way. That's just a short idea of three. So when you have the number three, you're comforted for number one and two. You're comforted for having lost something. And you're comforted for having been given a gift that was a little bit vulnerable and you could lose it. Because in number three energy, third base and English, you have it with all the advantages, all the milers of one and two, and now you have it forever and you can't lose it. Wow. What an incredible feeling. We live in a world where everybody is always waiting for the other shoe to fall off. Meaning, everybody feels like reality is, life is good now, just wait, it won't be good soon. As somebody said, his grandmother always used to say, don't get too excited. He would say, oh, this Sunday we're going to the amusement park, it's going to be so much fun. Gary, don't get too excited. You know what's going to happen. You're going to end up crying. And that's the way he was brought up. Don't get too excited because you're going to end up crying. Something will happen to disappoint you and you will end up in tears. So just don't go there. Don't go to a place of excitement. That's not what Tyrus says. Tyrus says, third base in English, you'll be able to be excited about good things always. And they will be forever. And you're not going to become cynical about them. It's going to be a whole other energy of it's here forever, but I never lose my taste for it. And I, I continue to have a fresh new perspective on it, but I'm not afraid I'm going to lose it. When we think about life, half of our problems are I'm afraid that any good thing won't last forever. So we live in fear all the time. Number one. Number two, we wonder whether we deserve it, etc. And we call darkness reality and light we call temporary, another Michigas. All of those things, every one of those issues plus plus is solved with the third base of English. It's here forever. It's always a brand new moment. You always find a fresh enthusiasm. It's always brand new. You never have to be afraid of losing it anymore. In fact, you're not losing it. It, it, it. it is always being replaced by the next fresh, bright, shiny thing that's grounded. Many of us are have that bright, shiny object syndrome. It's very big in this generation. The next exciting thing replaces the one before, and we forget about what we were interested in before. The bite of chocolate. Before you even swallow the piece of chocolate, you want the next rush of pleasure from the next bite. Because biting gives you one type of pleasure. Chewing gives you another kind of pleasure. Swallowing gives you way less pleasure. There's a science to it. So we keep biting into a new piece of 
chocolate even before we swallow the other one. We want that fresh, brand new energy. We're going to have all of that in the third base of Mizush. That has to do with Vayeskanon. I guess for that you have to go into a lot of intense pleading, davening. It's the feel of Maishri Bainu to go into Eretz Yisrael. It's all connected. This is where it's going to happen, that kind of energy. The yumminess of that fresh bite whenever you need it without the fear that you'll be, you'll, you'll become jaded. So, Parshas Vayeskhanam, the interesting thing is, it's emphasizing how Maishri Bainu didn't get into Eretz Yisrael. And how he wouldn't. And Yahushua would be the one to inherit it. So, it's interesting. Parshas Eskanon is saying, it's emphasizing, yes, you get into Eretz Yisrael, not you, Maishur baby. You're the one asking, and you don't get it. Tell mm, us again. Yahushua gets it. And then, not only that, huh, and then the base of Jesus will be built, and then destroyed, mm, which is all about Tishabah. So here's the question. <coughs> here's the question. Um, what does this parsha have to do, and this um, with the haftira of nachmu nachmu, double nachama? I don't see any great nachama in Meisher Bain is begging to go into Eretz Yisrael. He doesn't get it. Finally, Yeshua will and build the and the build base of Israel will be built and then destroyed. Doesn't sound too comforting to me, folks. <clears throat> so, what's going on here? And, in, okay, you want to say that Parshat Eskanon is emphasizing the need for a double Nechama. Yeah, because life doesn't work so well in many ways, so we need a double Nechama. Um, the going into Eretz Yisrael was not, into Eretz Yisrael was not through Meish. So you say, you could say, um, it was so tough. Reading Parshas Vayeskhan is, 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 is very gut-wrenching. Hashem, you have somebody more devoted to you than Maishu Rabbeinu? He asks for one thing. You can't give it to him? My stomach hurts reading it. My stomach hurts and, and my head hurts. So I need a double Nechama. I need a double comfort. Fix my headache and fix my stomachache, please, Hashem. I can't even read about it. So maybe that's the connection. You get a headache and a, and a stomachache from just reading the parsha. So I need a double, a double refua, Hashem. When I'm reading, it's funny to put these two together. So here's the question: How is this a double nechama? You know, are you fixing my headache and my stomachache? So nechama, double nechama is the following. Double shows on Geula. When letters are doubled, it shows on Geula. There are five letters that are, appear double. Chaf, which is Lech Lecha. Uh, um, Mem, which I think is Marbim Misra. Nun is Nachmu Nachmu. Pei is Pakat Pakadati. And Sadik is Yishtemach Yismach. Okay. So when you're talking about all of these words, they all mean, double means many. In fact, lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a huge amount, bleakable, infinite. 
double, a lot, a lot, a lot, many, many, tremendous amounts, infinite amounts. It's all, it's all in the same category. And so, um, so if double really denotes the energy of many, of infinite, double being bleakable, that's Gaula energy. Infinite. Infinity? Infinity. Let's see. Ma uh, what is it? Multiple choice matchup? Does double infinity, what does that go with? Gullah or Gaula? Yeah, infinity goes with Gaula. Okay. So now we understand. And what is the infinite infinity? How are we going to have infinity in Gaula? Because the godly light, the bleakful light will shine. Infinite light will shine. It's called in Kabbalah and Chassidus, and today is the Arizal's yard site, so good to, to cite Kabbalah and Chassidus. Gili or Einstein. The revelation of our insight. When you have the, why are we saying, just to mention the Arizal, because the Arizal was told, I guess in the 1500s, and he passed away at a very young age. We said last night, 36, 38, something. Very, very young age. And he said it would be revealed, I think, by his Leviah, who was his helmet, who was his successor, just Reb Chaim Vital. But he was told that Pneumius of Tyra, the deepest secrets of Tyra, that were revealed to Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai 1,500 years before, but could only be revealed to very, very certain individuals. Now it was a mitzvah. The Ariza was told by Hashem. It was a mitzvah legalis zaychachma The Ariza was told by Hashem and told us that it's a mitzvah to reveal this wisdom. In the days 1,500 years before, in the days of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, his generation knew all these deep secrets. But on the day of his passing, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, he revealed way deeper secrets, infinitely deeper secrets than he did all his life. That's called Lagzaimer. And he said, and he never wrote it down. And he told his Talmud, write it down and bury it. He buried it. He bur it was the Zahar. It became known as the Zahar. He buried it in the ground. For 1,300 years, no one found it, and it was eventually found and brought to southern Europe and northern Europe, Spain, I think, and then northern Europe, and it was deciphered by Reb Moshe Giliani, I think, and then went up north, and it became the basis of the Zahar began to be learned and understood. And then, a couple of hundred years later, the Arizal, who's the Arsitis today, was told it's now no longer for just Tzadikim, but for regular people, it is a mitzvah to reveal this. And from this, Chassidus came, and then Chabad Chassidus, and descending down, 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 down. So what's it all about? The revelation of our insight. What's today about? Revelation of our insight. What's Chassidus about? Revelation of our insight. What's the Geula about in the third base of English? Revelation of our insight. And because you'll have our insight revealed, everything will be whole. Starting with the whole base of Migdash, an eternal Geula, eternal base of Migdash, a believable infinite base of Migdash. 
not like the first and second Bhatimi Krishna were destroyed. One was for 410 years, the other was for 420 years. This one will be infinite. So, let's look at these letters. Again, nun nun, nachmu nachmu. When you have the words in the chet, lech lecha. So lech lecha is the same word twice, but it's, it's the lamed and the chaf, but they're pronounced differently. Lech lecha. So it's a double, it's double letters, but they're slightly different. Lech lecha. And then you have marbel misra. Well, they're very different words, although it's mem and mem. And then you have pakad pakadati. Okay, the same word, but not quite. Pakad pakadati. <coughs> and then you have temach yismach. Really quite a different word. And then you have nachmu nachmu. Same word, same pronunciation, just cloned, double, nachmu, nachmu. Very different from, from all the other letters. Na, nun, nun, nachmu, nachmu. Also, the Middle Rebbe speaks about the double nun in his boninut. It gives us the ability to go deeply into every letter and every word and every inion in Tyra and do deep his boninut into understanding and under, uncovering the essence of all things. So Nachmu Nachmu with this double nun, Nachmu Nachmu, it clearly gives us access. It's a key that opens the door to infinity. So um, Okay, so we're talking about infinity, and we're saying that the two words, nachmu, nachmu, lech lecha and pakad pakadati, and semach yitzmach, and all these double words with double letters, the same letter repeated, lamed, lamed, mem, mem, tzadik, tzadik, each, the two words are different, so in, you have the energy of the first word, like semach yitzmach, but the second word adds new information. So it's not exactly a copy, copy-paste. And pakad pakadati, mm-hmm. you have pakad and then, and then it's, it's, uh, it's, um, repeated. Okay, so again, so getting back to this, so we're saying we have a, a, an expression and then there's a little more information in the second word. Only nachmu nachmu is nun nun, the same word twice. And that's exactly copy, paste, repeat, clone word. So it comes from the energy of infinity. <clears throat> it's a deep Kabbalistic reason, which I don't understand. Wow. So that one's easy. That one's easy. So, so, so again, we're just going back to the same thing. Nachmu, Nachmu, somehow for some Kabbalistic reason, is showing on infinity. Now, we want infinity because infinity is the, the energy of the future. And here is an interesting thing. We're talking about these seven weeks, and we said it's a conversation. The Avais and the Nevi'im that Hashem sent, Hashem sent the Avais, the forefathers, and the Nevi'im to comfort us. And what happens? Hashem says, "Not you know, be comforted, be comforted, my nation. So they come back, these Avais and Nevi'im, and they say, uh, it didn't work. <laughs> you sent us to comfort the Jewish people. They They did not accept our comfort. So... Um, thanks, but no thanks. 
uh, mission not accomplished. And so, and then Hashem answers the next week, okay, let's go together. Aniva atem nelech nechamcha. And that's when Hashem says, nachmu nachmu amit. So, Hashem says, it's not fit for me to go by my, me, aniba atmi. And, and this is emphasized in this word, nachmu nachmu. So this, this conversation back and forth, they don't want us, Hashem, they only want you, no, I'm not going to do it myself, etc. that's what it seems to be. This double word, nachmu nachmu, shows on somehow this infinity of, of nachama. Meaning, when there's an infinite comfort, whoever comforts us, we accept it. Imagine that this, this is what the world needs today. An uh, an energy of infinite comfort descending upon us. Wow, wow, wow. Then no matter whom you have coming to comfort you for anything, oh, no, I lost my $5 bill. Oh, oh no, where's my credit card? I can't believe it. No matter who it is that says, oh, you know, it'll be fine, you feel the comfort. You know, Rabbi Ari Shishler told the story, and it was very powerful, that Lalenu, Lalenu, has, it was... Um, Arab Shabbos and Rosh Hashanah was, I think, Sunday night, and his parents' home an hour before Shabbos burned down to the ground. And there they were standing with the fire trucks an hour before Shabbos, um, and just before Rosh Hashanah. And somebody stopped their car and looked and said, "Oh my, um, looks like this is your tikkun before Rosh Hashanah." This is your spiritual uh, cleansing before Rosh Hashanah. And then, and Rabbi Shisler said, and then I think he just got in his car and drove off. He said, not the right time to say that. <laughs> That's a time to help. Like, can I take you to my home? Do you need some food? You know, what do you, do you need some clothes for shop? Like, not the right time to tell a person as God forbid, God forbid, that this is their spiritual um cleansing for Rosh Hashanah. Bad timing, very bad timing. Now, so some people are, are very comforting in their comments, and other people just don't quite do it very effectively. <laughs> so so infinite nechama would mean no matter who comes along at a moment when we're in pain, anybody who comes along can comfort us, and there's just infinite comfort coming through from Hashem down through these people. Wow, that's an amazing thing. That's when Hashem Himself does the comforting. It's bligvul amiti. It's true bligvul. So what does that mean? It's not that the bligvul in this double word, the infinity in this double word. Um, this infinite comfort from Hashem is not pushing away, I don't know the fancier word, pushing away the specific ways of Geula. There are lots of pieces in bringing the Geula. One is Hashem just wipes the whole thing out and it's all done and fast track and you're done with it. There is certain, There are certain pieces of the puzzle that we would want to put in place. Everybody knows that before Shabbos or before someone's coming over, you know, everybody knows the technique of just take everything and throw it into one big 
garbage bag and shove it in the other room. I don't like to do that because my personality, that bag will still be there a year later and out of sight, out of mind, and I won't be dealing with it. And I want to deal with those things. I really wanted to deal with all those papers and decide what yes and what no. I don't want to find a whole bag full of papers and stuff and bric-a-brac Eric Pesach and say, oh, my goodness, what do I do with all of this stuff? So there are details that we want to put in place for the Geula. Just having Hashem just come and wipe the whole thing clean prevents me from taking care of all those details. There are specific advantages uh, there. So when, again, when Hashem is giving us a double comfort, it's for the first base of Mezish and for the second. What does that mean? First base of Mezish denotes all the free gifts I get in life. Let's say, maybe I'm very good with languages. Maybe I can learn languages very quickly. Maybe I know seven or eight languages. That's a gift from above. I might have worked at it, but you either have the talent or you don't. So that's, to me, the first base of Mezish energy. But the talents that I have that, um, thank God, I, I was given, you know, I was born just being good with languages. You know, by the time some children are born, they already know four or five languages when they're two years old. They're bi, tri, quadrilingual, easily. And the second base of Mezish, that's the first base of Mezish energy. Second base of Mezish energy is more what I've earned on my own. I don't feel so much that I just got a free gift from above. I really, really became a self-made person. I really earned this on my own. So when we're being comforted, now we lost it. We lost both of them. When the, If the first base of Mezish is being wiped out, it means that those free gift talents, I'm good with languages, I'm excellent in math, I was once told <laughs> I was once told that I was a genius in clerical by some, you know, government Canadian employment agency. Well, obviously, because the only jobs they had were clerical. So they figured they'll tell me, according to my aptitude test, that I'm a near genius in clerical. Then I feel all complimented. Wow, I didn't know that I was a near genius in clerical in finding mistakes. And then, of course, they say, and we happen to have a job for you in clerical work. Uh, of very smart of them. I don't, I didn't, I don't think I'm a near genius in clerical, but it was very smart of them. So that gift, wow, I'm a near genius in clerical work. I find mistakes. Wow. That gift, when the first base of English was destroyed, all those free gifts from above, you're a mathematical genius, you learn languages so easily, you can learn musical instruments easily. You can play music by ear. You, 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 can, you can intuit how to make up brand new recipes. What a talent, talent, talent. Wiped out. Gone. All the talent. All the free gifts from above. Wiped out with the first base of English. That's the energy. All the free talents. Gone. God forbid. Second base of Mizish energy, everything that I worked from the bottom up, I worked and worked all my life to build this, and nobody seemed to help me except God, and it wasn't an easy journey, 
gone. Gone. For that, you need enormous amount of comforting. Huge. For losing all the free gifts, the talents, God forbid, and for losing the thing that I built with my own hands for, for decades, seemingly with no help, sweat, blood, sweat, and tears, for that we need, only God himself can comfort us on that. And, and it has to be an infinite comfort. So, so here's the thing. The advantage of the first space in English, we said, you know, the free gift. In spiritual terms, it means a revelation of God that comes from above. Very high, very, very lofty revelation of God, which accounts for all my free gift talents. The second base of Migdash, it was missing certain, certain high revelations, but um, it was more grounded in the world. We built it. Ezra and those who went up from Bavel, we built it. And we left Bavel, we left Gullah, to go up and build it sort of with our own hands. So it was more grounded in the world. It was more integrated into the world. It lasted for more years, 420 years instead of 410. And it was bigger in size because it was built by man from, you know, of course, with, by God. But it was built with our own hands. We did it. We struggled. We built it up from, from the ground up. And that's its advantage, the second base in English. So... When we're getting a double comfort for losing both of those things, what is the comfort? The third base in Midrash. It is a threefold kind of a, a house, meaning it has all the milas of the free gift and the mila of building it from below with your own hands. It has the advantage of the revelation of godliness on the highest level and yet being grounded in this world rooted in this world, street smart, in a permanent, eternal way. Put together all the advantages that we just said, and you have third base in English. For that, you need to first lick your wounds. You first need to be healed of all your wounds. The wound is the tremendous loss of the first energy you said, the tremendous loss of the second energy. We need to be healed. Because, you know, in the world, it's interesting. Even when life gets better for people, we tend to still be struggling. You know the famous joke, I'm so thirsty, I'm so thirsty, I'm so thirsty. And then the person is given a drink and they drink it to their full, their fill. And it's, instead of saying, oh, thank God, wow, what do they say? Boy, I was so thirsty, I was so thirsty, I was so thirsty. They started off struggling, and even when their struggle was solved and removed, they were still struggling. Now they can't let go of the memory of how thirsty they, thirsty they were. This is the American syndrome. It's the way we live in America. I'm struggling because I don't have it. Now I'm struggling because I do have it. Bottom line, I'm addicted to struggle. Only Hashem 
can take away that addiction. So, um, so now we can understand what it has to do with Parshas Ve'eskanon. Because Parshas Ve'eskanon is double also. The Ten Commandments, the Aserah Debris, are said the second time, double. They were said in Parshas Yisra, but now they're said again. So what's that all about? Again, double. Because the difference between the way they were said the first time in Parshas Yisra and the way they're said as a repetition in this Parsha is like the difference between the first Luchos, the first of the Ten Commandments on the first tablet. That was on the love of Tzadikim, coming from above, the three gifts. And the second Luchos, when we were on the level of Balei Tshuva. Because in this week's Parsha, when the Ten Commandments, the Aserah Sedibras are said, they come after these words of chastising from Maishrabeni to us. He's giving it to us tough, tough love. You did this and that and that and that, and we expect more of you. He gives it to us tough, and then we do Tshuva. We earn it. That's the second tablet, the second second tablet containing the, the, the Ten Commandments. Or we'll say it in one other way. When we receive the Ten Commandments the very first time, as described in Parshat Yisra, comes from above. When we read it this week, it comes from below. But because in Parshat Vaeshanan, um, uh, we're missing because in parts of the Espanon, the whole idea of breaking of the Luchos and the second Luchos is not there. The double, the, the repetition of the Ten Commandments in parts of the Espanon represents more the blue gold. In other words, in this week's Parsha, we're not hearing all the yucky stuff. God gave us the first commandment, the first of the ten, the ten commandments, said by God and then by Meishurdin. Then they were destroyed. Then they were broken on the 17th of Thomas. Then a whole summer of Meishurdinu davening to Hashem on our behalf to have them back. Then we're given the, the ten commandments again, the luchas, the tablets again. This week's part is not telling us the whole grungy story. Just we got them again. You know, here we got them. And so, what does this all have to do with infinity? There is a, the, the being doubly um, comforted because there's, an, there's a bleak wool in Tyra. There's an infinity in Tyra that will be revealed in the future. There is, in other words, we said double comfort goes on infinity. This week, there's an infinity in Tyra. There's always an infinity in Tyra. But this week, we get to see it. Where do you get to see it? Because we get to see it in this very simple example. We said the bicycle. Somebody gives us a bicycle. Brand new, expensive bicycle. Wow. Never would have bought such an expensive bicycle myself. Stage, stage one. Stage two, I leave it out in the rain. Now it's ruined. Stage three, I take it back. I have it fixed. 
It's now mine. I now understand its value. I've earned it. I'm never going to leave it out in the rain again. It's coming. I earned it. When they gave it to me as a gift, I didn't really earn it. Now I've earned it. I've taken it back as my own and I've earned it. And I understand its value. Once you have that, I have an, you have an infinite connection. There's an infinity in Tyra that we have to, we can only tune into when we have earned the Tyra. It's very nice that there's this nice Tyra and we know that it's our inheritance and we don't feel like it's really ours. You know, nice Tyra. The people, like somebody said, the last people to find out the truth, the whole world is waking up to, to the truth of Tyra being the truth. The last people who are going to wake up and figure it out are us. Right? When the whole world is like, I heard about Torah and its truth and it has deep wisdom. And I'm like, oh yeah? You know, so you, you know, you see a bunch of non-Jewish people and they're you know, I've seen, I've been at a friend's house where she works with B'nai Naya. These people are just, they hang on every word. You know, I see, she and her husband are speaking to them and they're hanging on every word and we're like yawning away, you know, they're saying a bunch of devices and we're yawning away, you know, okay, enough already, when are you serving the chicken? And these people are hanging on every word. <laughs> so we're going to be the last ones. In order for us to really tune into the infinite truth of Tyrus, we need to earn it. And and therefore you could say, and we're going to bring this to a summation here, and therefore you could say that in the future there will be both advantages of the first Luchais comes from above, free gift, and the second Luchais comes from below, we earned it. Where will you see it? In Tyra Chadashim Yitzhi the Tyra of Mashiach, the Tyra of the future. And we could say that there will be an unbelievable yichud, a oneness. Hasechol taifas et muskal makifa b'sichla. Your mind will grasp the ideas of Tyra and be, be surrounded by it we're going to grasp the truth of Tyra. Our minds will be coded, surrounded by the truth of Tyra. <clears throat> and our minds will be enclosed. We'll go into the truth of Tyra. Tyra will become one with us. We'll become one with God's mind. His mind with our mind. It's all going to be whole. We'll be protected by the Tyra. We will protect it. We'll be surrounded by it. We will surround it. It will encircle us, we will encircle it, it will encircle our brain, our brain will encircle it, etc. And therefore, there won't be any division of two different ways anymore. The whole idea of from above, free gifts, and from below, that one will not exist anymore. We live in a daily way with from above and from below. The bicycle, the, the bicycle that you bought me that's way beyond what I would spend, free gifts, and the one that I earned, that I take care of. Everybody knows the difference in those two energies. Everybody. Imagine a reality when they are so merged 
that you have both together. Because everybody struggles with that. Yeah, thank you so much. It's very beautiful. Thank you so much, uh, great-grandma, for sending me that bicycle. Um, but I didn't really need a bicycle. Oh, I'm so sorry. I left it out in the rain. We all know about that. And we all know about I built it with my own hands, but I got a much less expensive bicycle. We all know that that one's good, but not so good. And that one's good, but not so good. Imagine a reality where we have the advantages of both merged into one without any of the disadvantages. Imagine a world in which we have all the charismatic people who are impossible to live with, right? We have just tons, like nobody, would you want to marry a movie star? Imagine there's a Jewish movie star. Would you want to marry a, want to marry a movie star? Not me. Thank you very much. No, thank you. Would you want to do a project with a movie star? No, thank you. Why not? They have a very frenetic energy. You know, they don't have good energy. They're very charismatic, but they've always got some dysfunctional piece to them. So who needs it? So imagine, you know, all the really difficult to deal with people tend to be very charismatic. So, so what do you do? Go to the charismatic people or the difficult people? They're, they're, it's so complicated. Imagine Hashem creating a reality where you throw out all the junk. He throws away all the junk of the charisma and only keeps the good part and all the junk of all the dysfunctionality and keeps the good part. And you have a sparkly, you have sparkly people who are solid and truthful and reliable and sincere without any shtick. You have a solid world in which you're getting free gifts every moment from God without them having a negative piece to them. Can you imagine that? And so to end off with this, when Maisha Rabbeinu was saying, how do we answer this? Maishu Rabbeinu was saying in Parshat Ba'eshanan, please let me into the land of Israel. I want to go into a reality where it's stick free. You know, all the advantages of free gifts from above and all the advantages of, of an eternally earning it. So one of the reasons why Maishu Rabbeinu was not allowed in Deir Yisrael, Hashem said, you will not pass over the Yardin, Yehoshua will. Even though going there to throw through Maishar Benu, if it, had, if it had happened, would have been in a much higher way, in a much loftier way than the way it happened through Yeshua. But there's an advantage to Yeshua doing it. It's more grounded. It's a lower revelation, but it's more grounded. Because when we were, when the land of Israel was given to us, and conquered, we conquered it, and we divided it, and Yeshua did it. That came from below. We worked on it. We earned it. It was a lot of hard work. And we emphasize, you see it in the fact that we had to conquer it, and it took a long time to do it. It was a lot of work. Uh, seven years to conquer, seven years to divide. And even after that, even after Yeshua left the world, there were parts of the Eretz Yisrael that still weren't conquered. 
as it says, after Yeshua left the world, then there was still question who's going to go up and fight for that part. And there are still three lands in Eretz that we're still in the process of getting. They're ours, but we didn't get them yet. It's all these generations to get it. The lands of Kani, Kanizu, the Kadmani, somewhere in Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia, those places. Um, Saudi Arabia, I think, up uh, Lebanon, Syria, those, those kind of places, above and below, all those hot spots. They are ours. I'm not sure exactly which parts, but around there, all those hot spots, they belong to us. It's not a simple thing to fully acquire them in a permanent way. We surely know that. There's quite a lot of uh, bad feelings from the people who live there about willing to hand it over to us, <laughs> even though Hashem told us, and it's, it's clearly written in Tyrus. And even after we conquered the land of Israel the first time, we were sent away. We weren't only sent to Gullus Babel to Babylon for 70 years, but then all the Gulluses that happened since then for a couple of thousand years, what for? To go into the entire world, lift up the sparks that were lost in Gullus, to lift up the sparks, which means all these sparks of holiness that we elevate throughout Gullus, so that, and everything that we accomplish throughout Gullus in elevating those places, then we will finally go into the land fully with both advantages. From above, from below, eternal home. An eternal home that no one disputes, that belongs to us, and we will finally, once and for all, be grounded. And everything will line up. All the ducks will line up. So we understand that in Parshas Va'eftanam, the advantage of going into the land the full way, the real way, not the limited way, the way it's going to be in the future, in a way, an infinite way, a permanent, infinite way that gives us a permanent home where we live in infinity, which means not just a physically permanent place, but it gives us access to live in, living in infinity every single moment we step into a brand new moment. And it doesn't feel scary. Now it's like, oh, Gavalt, another moment and a new moment and a new moment. I'm exhausted just saying the words. No, no, no. Then it will soothe us and calm us. Stepping into an infinite moment, and it's very grounding. Now the idea of an infinite moment feels like you're flying away. It will be very grounding. Bligvul, infinite. How do you get that? Through Hashem giving you his infinite energy. Bligvul, nachmu, nachmu, double nachama. And so, because there won't be anything blocking this infinity, blocking this groundedness, going into Eretz Yisrael, um, and inheriting it immediately in time. We'll conquer it in time and in space, meaning the whole land will have the whole land, not just the land of the seven nations, but the land of the three, Kani, Kanizu, the Kadmani, we said, the three more lands, which correspond to 
those three levels of intellect. And everybody will be back in the land. We'll have all people, all time, all nations, everything. And all Jewish people from all the generations, we will settle on our land in a permanent way forever and ever and ever. So, Amen, Yiratan, this is Parshas Va'eskanan. Parshas Va'eskanan is not so much about the begging and being refused. Because otherwise, it's too tiring a Parsha. Vaisha Bain was begging and begging Hashem, saying, no, yes, please, no, please, no, please, no. Who wants to read it? That's the outer layer of it. That's the, that's the coating. Call it chocolate coating because chocolate coating sounds good. That's the sugar coated cake. That's the sugar coating around it. You know, the sugar coating on the M&Ms. That's the sugary coating around it. That seems like on the outside, my sure is begging, please let me into Eric Yisrael. No, please let me in. No, please let me in. No. Oh. The inner content of this Parsha is we're getting in the real way. Not the initial limited way. The real, real way. Forever. Which means that even if God forbid in somehow it doesn't end up that we're permanently, permanently in Eretz Yisrael altogether this week and amen we should be. But even at the very least, this is a Parsha which gives us access to the ultimate experience of being grounded right here, right now. In any moment, that means we have been now given the gift that if we're ready to step into an infinite moment, a brand new moment, and then again a brand new moment, and then again a brand new and brand new and brand new and brand new. In that moment, what do you find? Infinite groundedness. Ah, it's so safe and solid and cozy and warm and comforting. Number one, that's one of the things. Number two, all possibilities are there. Number three, God is totally in there saying, hi, hi, glad you made it. What can I, let's work together. Okay, with you all partner. That's good. And, and there's an eternity and there's a comfort. There's an incredible comfort in that infinite moment. And in that infinite moment is the land of Israel sitting inside that moment. The ultimate home. So when now we have been given the ability that when we step into each brand new infinite moment, we have come home. And it's safe. And it's cozy. And we're protected. And Hashem is there with us. And we can accomplish anything. And it's exciting. And it's luminous. And it's eternal. And it's all of those things. So we, Russian, may we find ourselves in this infinite moment right there, right now, in the basin of the Shishlishi, in this Parsha, in the Gula Mita Sashlema, immediately now.